Welcome to the B-Rad Podcast, where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life without taking ourselves too seriously. I'm Brad Kearns, New York Times bestselling author, former number three world-ranked professional triathlete, and Guinness World Record Masters athlete. I connect with experts in diet, fitness, and personal growth and deliver short breather shows where you get simple, actionable tips to improve your life right away. Let's explore beyond the hype, hacks, shortcuts, and sciency talk to laugh, have fun, and appreciate the journey. It's time to be rad. If you try to demand that your body uh, deliver an all-out effort for longer than 20 seconds, you are going to go... I'm pleased to present B-Rad Grass-Fed Whey Protein Isolate Superfuel, the absolute highest quality all-natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need to optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold processed and micro filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners, especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine are widely agreed to be the most critical and effective supplements to take for the rest of your life. You can easily stir the super fuel in water or make a delicious smoothie every day. I'm certain that you're going to love the pleasant, light, natural vanilla bean and cocoa bean flavors. So try some on Amazon today. It's a huge hit with dozens of five-star reviews. Or you can order direct from bradnutrition.com with our buy three, get one free, and make the super fuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. Hey, hey, okie dokie, let's do some Q and A. Kenny Schlegel writes in, uh, mentioning his previous message. And the positive impact I felt changing my diet to more meat-based as promoted on your podcast as I went through unexpected ankle and knee surgery. I also decided to try your super fuel. And guess what? Uh, the first bag, I thought the taste was very bland compared to the other proteins I've used like J-Rob. It did mix well, and I also liked the concept of creatine. Now, as I continue to use it, I realize my taste buds are changing, and now I appreciate the mild flavor of your way super fuel, exactly what my taste buds crave. Thanks again for putting a winning product in the market. Thanks for teeing me up, Kenny, because yes, indeed, when we were uh, doing the extensive research and development to get the very best protein, and I also want to deliver the cleanest protein on the market because the many that I had purchased over the years are typically containing ingredients that I don't approve of, including the term, quote, natural flavoring or natural flavors. And this is code word for chemicals. The rules and guidelines for use of the term natural flavors allows for using agents that are 80 to 90% chemical, but contain a derivative of whatever natural flavor they're talking about, like uh, natural orange flavor or natural vanilla flavor. Um, this is really disappointing to me because it's those chemicals, preservatives, additives, and things that mess with your metabolism. Listen to my shows with Jay Feldman, where he talks about the uh, digestive tract releasing endotoxin into the bloodstream. Uh, endotoxin is known as lipopolysaccharide. And this is an unwanted agent that can interfere with uh, digestion and metabolism. So when you're uh, consuming a lot of heavily processed foods, including 
uh, heavily processed and flavored and sweetened uh, nutritional supplements, it can be an overall bad deal. So with this whey protein super fuel, I really want it to be naturally flavored and sweetened only. So you see a few grams of uh, sugar, organic sugar, and Madagascar vanilla, pure Madagascar vanilla is the only way that we sweeten the vanilla. And with cocoa, we have a little bit of stevia and real cocoa uh, from uh, source to origin. So it's uh, the most minimal uh, uh, offense possible when it comes to how to flavor and sweeten our products. Uh, so look on labels and when you see natural flavors, run screaming because it's a, a chemical flavoring process. And uh, I got one uh, objection or concerned uh, user said, hey, Brad, why is there sugar in your product? Uh, most proteins don't have sugar. That's right, because they have things like uh, uh, artificial sweeteners and chemical flavorings. So a little bit of sugar ain't going to hurt anybody. And it's vastly easier to digest and assimilate than the chemicals. So um, secondly, with Kenny's comment that this is a comparatively bland taste compared to the uh, caramel candy, uh, birthday cake, and all the other uh, crazy flavors that you see on protein jugs. And if that's your game and you want something disgustingly sweet and artificial to choke down, or maybe it's even palatable because it's so sweet, but I'm going to uh, take the highest standard possible when we're talking about uh, B-Rad Superfuel, as well as the other products that we're rolling out shortly, whether or not they align with the American taste buds. I'm hoping that there'll be more people like Kenny who acclimate to the more mild taste in comparison to uh, the over-the-top uh, vanilla and chocolate products that are out there. Uh, the next uh, question, and we are also now uh, repurposing questions and comments from YouTube videos. So thank you so much for commenting on YouTube. Uh, it's difficult to answer directly, but I'll try to get to uh, as many of these as possible on the Q&A shows. And this is from Jehe Fed. And he says, can Paluvas be superior to barefoot for making structural changes faster? If you've been living under a rock and you don't realize that Paluva is the exciting new minimalist five-toe footwear company launched by my man, Mark Sisson and his son, Kyle. And I'm so excited to be involved and a part owner and promote what's the best piece of footwear that I've ever seen in my lifetime, uh, particularly because it has that individual articulation of the five toes to allow the foot for optimal functionality in a barefoot-like experience, unlike any other minimalist shoe where the toes are encased into a single toe box, you inhibit the independent uh, articulation of the toes, which is so important for them to be able to move freely and independently on multiple planes. So uh, the, toe, the big toe rising off the ground uh, indirectly or in, in not in sync with the other toes because it needs to do so. And same with pushing off and maybe uh, the middle toe or the, the baby toe is going to need to articulate differently when you're stepping over an obstacle or an uneven surface. So we want all toes engaged. Uh, it's the difference between a glove and a mitten. So imagine uh, putting on snow chains in the snow uh, through the use of gloves versus mittens. You're much more dexterous uh, with all your fingers uh, separated. And the same is true for your feet and the articulated toes. So if you want the most authentic barefoot-like experience, you are obligated to find footwear that has the articulated toes and Paluva is uh, your best choice there. So um, JFate is asking, are, are these going to be better than bare feet to help me with my toe splay? Toe splay is the spreading of the toes at impact, the spreading of the toes wide to absorb impact and balance moving body weight optimally. Um, I can walk miles and miles barefoot without pain, but I can't consciously... Uh, I, I'm still working on my toe splay. A Perluva is going to force this happening in a good way. Um, I would say the answer is no. I mean, your, your bare feet are going to be um, the most unencumbered of anything. And so the purpose of wearing the Paluva instead of bare feet is simply for protection. But if you have a safe venue to walk for miles and miles, as you report, uh, such as, let's say, uh, a, a beach environment, you're walking on sand or you're walking on hard pack sand, 
uh, of course, the ideal is going to be barefoot. Same with in the home or on in an astroturf field or something where you're certain that there's not going to be a, a stray bottle cap or a strand of glass. But um, the paluvas are there for the uh, wide variety of modern surfaces where you're going to want some protection. And one of them might be the extremely hard uh, artificial surfaces, such as concrete pavement and indoor surfaces, as Mark Sisson makes the point, you know, our ancestors were barefoot all the time, but guess what? They weren't walking on sidewalks or marble floors. They were walking on packed savanna, uh, packed grass in the African savanna. They were walking on the beaches. They were walking on soft, forgiving surfaces more so than a bunch of hard stuff. So um, the padding in the paluvas, the uh, ideal nine millimeter padding in the strand model is what gives you that protection that you need if you're going to walk miles for mile, miles and miles on something like uh, a sidewalk. Uh, Aber Aberdeenshire guitar teacher is the screen name, and he or she commented on my video about sprinting. How long should you sprint to achieve the health benefits? What happens if you sprint for 30, 40, or 50 seconds? Does it turn more into running than sprinting? And do you lose benefits? So when I use the term sprint, I'm trying to adhere to a narrow definition of uh, near all out effort for a very short duration. And I've talked a lot on shows dedicated to sprinting, where I recommend this sweet spot of between 10 and 20 seconds to perform true all-out sprints. And that's not even accurate because uh, actually the human can only sprint at maximum intensity for around seven to eight seconds. That's how much energy we have uh, contained already in the cell in the form of pure ATP. So it's called the ATP creatine phosphate system where we can explode for around seven seconds, maximum effort. And at that point, the cellular energy becomes exhausted and then we have to go into um, deriving ATP from, uh, from uh, glucose metabolism, glycolytic exercise, and then over into uh, fat burning when we're going for longer than just a few minutes. So a true sprint is anything that's eight seconds or less in duration. For example, picking up a bar off the ground for a single rep would be a quote unquote sprint effort or doing three to four kettlebell swings uh, with as maximum explosiveness. These are pure sprint efforts or running, whatever that might mean for you, 30 meters, 40 meters, 50 meters, that's a sprint. Now, when I say 10 to 20 seconds for a sprint workout, this is allowing you to get some conditioning effects and go near all out for 10 to 20 seconds, uh, but not uh, literally all out at the uh, biochemical level. But when you're doing 10 or 10 to 20 second range of sprints, and I'm going to say uh, on the low end for running sprints on flat ground, and on the high end, you can do 20 second sprints, for example, on low or no impact, such as sprinting upstairs, sprinting up a hill, or sprinting on a stationary bike or an elliptical or a rowing machine where it takes a little time to get going. And also the impact trauma is minimized so you can uh, extend out to a 20 second, really hard effort, quote unquote, really hard effort rather than a literal sprint. But I'm gonna use the term sprinting on up to about 20 seconds. Now, when you try to sprint, for longer than 20 seconds, as detailed by uh, the wonderful article called Hit Versus Hurt by Dr. Craig Marker, and he discussed in detail on our podcast interview. So please search for that show with Dr. Craig Marker. If you try to demand that your body uh, deliver an all-out effort for longer than 20 seconds, you are going to go into uh, cellular combustion mode because of the demand is so great. You're going to feel the lactic acid accumulate in your muscles and the extreme burn and the extreme pain. For anyone who's raced the 400 meters on the track knows what that feels like. They call it a piano climbing on your back or a bear jumping on your back in that final home straightaway. But what's happening internally is a disassembling and deamination of cellular proteins. You are literally burning down the A-frames, the cellular structure in your muscle cells to fuel the demand for this maximum effort. So in plain speak, if you try to go all out for longer than 20 seconds, you are going to suffer a lot of cellular breakdown and cellular fatigue and exhaustion 
requiring extended recovering time and also putting you at increased risk of injury because of the uh, extreme nature of the effort. That's why we want to limit our true sprint efforts to a maximum of 20 seconds and also uh, engage or indulge luxurious rest intervals. That's a quote from Dr. Marker. Such that if you're doing an exercise, uh, doing a workout that entails six times 20 seconds of all out sprints or six times 10 seconds uh, all out running sprints, you're going to want to rest for at least a six to one uh, rest to work ratio. So if you sprint for 10 seconds, you're going to rest for a minute. If you sprint for 20 seconds, you're going to rest for two minutes. And that allows you to deliver a consistent quality of effort on every rep, whereby you're turning in a similar performance standard. If you're timing yourself running across the field, or you're uh, looking at calibrated uh, exercise machines that tell you how far you've rode in 20 seconds, you want to hit a similar performance standard and a similar perceived degree of difficulty. So you don't want to be suffering and struggling at the uh, latter stages of your set of sprints. Uh, that's not the point of a true sprint session. You want to be explosive. You want to be powerful. You want to have precise technique and you want to cut the session short if you notice that decline in performance and also take enough rest where you can uh, come and uh, throw down again. And as I got into in detail with Lion Martinez during our podcast interview, uh, truly competitive sprinters such as he, the world record holder in the master's track and field 100 meters, are actually going to rest for significantly longer than even the luxurious six to one ratio. So if you are a true sprinter working in a track and field practice, Lion suggests sprinting a minute for every 10 meters sprinted. So if you're doing just short sprints of 50 meters, half a straightaway, you are uh, chartered to rest for five minutes if you're really uh, turning out explosive performance. And that gives you a chance for the uh, cellular ATP creatine phosphate system to rejuvenate. It takes quite some time, but then you can be truly explosive and powerful if you indulge in really long rest periods. Uh, but for the general audience that wants to integrate sprinting into an overall fitness program, not super serious and competitive and trying to beat their race times, a six to one ratio is suitable to deliver a near maximum effort for between 10 to 20 seconds. And as a guitar teacher asks, what happens when you uh, quote unquote sprint for 30, 40, 50 seconds, do you lose the benefits? You're just uh, kind of bringing in uh, the training of different energy systems. So you're training the glycolytic system uh, when you're trying to go hard for 30, 40, or 50 seconds. And of course, you can derive tremendous fitness benefits from doing uh, any sort of high-intensity exercise, even if you have a haphazard approach, but you are going to want to allow for longer recovery period and perhaps consider segmenting your high intensity workouts uh, sensibly so you don't fall into that pattern of doing overly stressful HIT workouts. That stands for high intensity interval training. And this is the very popular protocol that you see in the fitness clubs and the organized uh, coached workouts where people are doing uh, repeat efforts, perhaps lasting 30, 40, 50 seconds or a minute, resting for a shorter period, uh, maybe doing a 30 second sprint, 30 second rest, 30 second sprint, 30 second rest. So I would uh, object to using sprint in that terminology. And that's simply a high intensity interval training session. So just be wary um, and err on the conservative side because often those hit sessions can be too stressful, especially for people that aren't uh, really elite performers. A little goes a long way. And you probably heard of the Tabata workout protocol, which is a 20 second hard effort followed by 10 second recovery, followed by another 20 second hard effort, followed by 10 second recovery. And a lot of the group exercise classes, the boot camps, the step classes, the things you see at the gym are patterned after Tabata. You might see the word Tabata written on the whiteboard for the nine o'clock class, but the, uh, the true intent of the creators of this protocol in Japan, um, Dr. Tabata namely, and others involved in creating the protocol that was uh, delivered with great success to speed skaters. And that's why it gained uh, global prominence for athletic training. Uh, the intent was the Tabata session is only supposed to last for four minutes. 
So if you're heading into the classroom at gym and doing a Tabata class for an hour where you're doing repeat 20-second work effort, 10-second rest, 20-second work effort, 10-second rest, and then you switch from steps to uh, doing the dumbbells back and forth, and you're going on and on for a long-duration class, this is sort of a bastardization of the Tabata protocol. So uh, what Tabata asks for is a true uh, maximum effort of 20 seconds, very little rest, another maximum effort of 20 seconds to the extent that you can only last for four minutes. And this was for elite athletes to do a four minute Tabata session and uh, generate massive fitness benefits from such a short duration workout. So be careful when you're extending out with uh, hard efforts going 30, 40, 50 seconds, make sure you rest a lot or do the workouts infrequently and they don't last uh, very long overall. Um, David Gifford writes in, um, he's talking about my comments about needing a lot of sleep that I shared in one of the episodes. And David says, I feel you, man. I'm either full on or full off, and that doesn't jive with most of the world. And I work on a pipeline, and after four hours of hard work on the pipeline, I desperately need a nap, but I can't take one. I'd be fired if I got caught. Now, um, around 8.30 p.m., uh, guess what happens? Um, I'm uh, starting to feel the need uh, to go to bed, and I'm out for whatever's going on. And without fail, my wife exclaims with some version of, you're going to bed? And if I could bet on that exclamation coming from her, I'd be a wealthy man. Uh, so he's just sharing that uh, the same sentiment I said that, you know, when the clock strikes 10, I turn into the pumpkin uh, like Cinderella, and I'm I'm just done for the world. My eyes glaze over, and uh, I need to get down for my optimal sleeping duration is around nine hours. I would say at least nine hours, sometimes more around hard training sessions, and very infrequently do I feel fantastic on the highly prescribed and recommended eight hours of sleep. So it's clear that this is highly genetic, and that's the next comment from... David, he says, my wife is the exact opposite. Um, she's the energizer bunny all day long. Even if she's in pain with an illness or a physical malady, um, whatever it is, I just don't understand, but we're totally different. And I said the same about my wife, Mia Moore. She can get by on extremely minimal sleep in comparison to me. And that's just the way it is. Uh, I've been sort of been frustrated about it in the background my whole life. Uh, wondering why I needed so much sleep, especially when I was an athlete. I was just sleepy and tired all the time. I slept for 10 hours every night and two-hour nap every day when I was a pro triathlete. So for that decade of my life, I was literally asleep for half of the time that I was a triathlete. And that's what worked for me. Um, I don't think it's pure wimp factor. I think it's just uh, that's that's how it goes. And there's all that genetic variation. I was just having a conversation with my son in grad school who had some prolonged illnesses and some uh, fallout from COVID and having a, a recurrence and just couldn't get his health together. He had digestive problems. And now, thankfully, he's reporting that he feels great. And he says, you know, I think it really comes down to sleep for me and that I need nine hours a night. So here's a, a, a youth at age uh, 26 in his prime, and he's figured out that he needs a shit ton of sleep. And I said, okay, man, welcome to the club. And another uh, validation that there's a lot of genetic influence here. Uh, here comes a commenter on YouTube called Red Eye. Uh, and he's talking about his cold therapy session where he goes in for five minutes, uh, gets out, and stands next to the plunge outdoors and uh, just dripping wet, not drying off, uh, and then and until he uh, starts shivering, and then he gets back in for five minutes, gets back out, and this is known as the shiver protocol promoted by uh, Dr. Suzanne Schoberg. I believe she came up with the shiver protocol as a way to stimulate brown fat activation, and that's all fine and dandy. But one thing I want to uh, comment in general on therapeutic cold exposure is like anything that gets super popular, I feel some sense that uh, insights are being taken out of context. And I'm very careful to not want to turn this into a macho contest. So I want everyone to figure out a cold protocol that feels comfortable for them. And that might be something as simple as turning the uh, shower handle to cold 
for the final 30 seconds of your shower and maybe working up to a minute or two of cold shower. And if you super get super enthusiastic about it and want to acquire a unit someday or find a, a health club facility where you can uh, get into some real fun cold plunging, uh, that's wonderful. But uh, a little bit of discomfort is what uh, delivers the uh, hormonal and um, cognitive boost. And so you don't have to uh, suffer and struggle and feel like you have to hit these arbitrary standards. And even the uh, highly respected uh, experts like Dr. Huberman saying uh, 12 minutes a week is the optimal protocol as referenced by scientific research. That's all fine and dandy, but if that doesn't feel right to you or you're not there at that point uh, yet, it, maybe it's something you can strive for if you're interested, but I'm in favor of personalizing all these things and not feeling the pressure and the intimidation of having to line up to uh, a quantifiable um, benefits uh, from hitting certain standards. Hey, man. How's your sexual function? Oh, uncomfortable talking about it? Look, we talk about our injured knees, our belly fat, so it's time to get focused on function. I want to tell you about Gaines Wave. This is a cutting-edge protocol where a handheld device sends low-intensity shock waves into your penile blood vessels to stimulate a healing response and promote increased blood circulation and the growth of new blood vessels. A skilled practitioner puts the Gaines Wave magic wand onto your magic wand, and after a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results. Gaines Wave reports an 80% success rate. Now, we know that popping pills is a popular penile protocol, but when you're working with clogged pipes, you just get a temporary Band-Aid effect when you take prescription drugs. Gaines Wave addresses the cause of age-related decline by stimulating growth factors and activating dormant stem cells. Translation, stronger, harder, more sustainable erections. I learned about Gainswave from my podcast guest, Dr. Judson Brandeis at the Brandeis MD Clinic in Northern California, and there's a robust network of Gainswave providers that you can find on their website near you. Complete a series of treatments, and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment, and while it's great for ED, Gaines Wave is for any man that wants to combat the effects of aging and get a little boost for your A-game. So please visit GainesWave.com slash Brad. That's G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E dot com slash B-R-A-D to find a practitioner in your area, and you can take advantage of my special promotion, buy six treatments, and get one free. You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. Same with uh, training for uh, running. And everyone has talked for decades about uh, you need to get your mileage up to 50 miles a week if you want to have a good marathon. And it's utter nonsense because there's so many other important variables. And yes, you want to prepare for uh, your goal uh, aspirations, whether it's the long hike this summer or an actual marathon or any other type of endurance event or any other type of uh, explosive power speed performance event like a CrossFit type of experience. Um, but you want to do it in a manner that feels intuitively comfortable to you rather than uh, doggedly pursuing some regimented protocol because you heard about it in a book, podcast, uh, YouTube, or some expert recommended it. And speaking of uh, doing cold therapy the right way, I would love for you to enroll in my comprehensive course. I believe it's the most extensive course of its kind available in the world. It's called Take the Cold Plunge. And it's right there on the homepage at bradkearns.com. Um, you can email podcast at bradventures.com and we'll give you a discount code because you listened and because you're interested and you'll access the learning portal with a fantastic ebook with all the benefits and step-by-step -step instructions for how to get started in cold therapy, as well as uh, dozens of videos helping you with all the different uh, open water, using a, a, a cold uh, 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 unit like uh, my wonderful cold plunge tub or uh, using cold shower, all the different protocols. Okay, next, Alan Placencia from Aussie Land says, good day, Brad. 
I love your work. I'm a longtime follower. I'm one of the 10% of your listeners that are Australian. Not sure why you have so many followers from Australia. We just love getting out and about outdoors and being active. So your message really does speak to me, at least. Australia punches well above its weight in many sports on the world stage. Need I remind you about the Aussies that were in your days dominating professional triathlon? But I digress, says the Aussie. Uh, what he really wants is some input on blood tests. In particular, the most important things to test for. Um, I'm a senior citizen midway through my sixth decade, had a prostatectomy uh, 16 years ago. So he gets regular blood tests. Maybe you could throw out some uh, some suggestions. And also, P.S., what about the rapping, mate? What happened to the rapping? I used to love it. You know how people dance as if no one's watching. Well, I reckon that you rap like no one's listening. Um, and I've, he's referring particularly to uh, my penchant on uh, the early Primal Endurance podcast episodes to start out with a little rap music. And so uh, with that inspiration, I might have to get right back into it, Alan. It's been a while. Souls escaping through this hole that is gaping. The world is mine for the taking. Make me king as we move toward a new world order. A normal life is boring, but superstardom's close to postmortem. That's some Eminem. <gasps> and them wants recommendations on blood tests. So, of course, you want to start out with uh, what we call in America the complete blood count. And not that I'm an expert, but when I review my test results and other people's, clearly you want to look for things that are outside of the normal range and do some further investigation. Uh, now, there's important metabolic factors that are tracking for uh, the most prominent uh, diseases of modern times, which is uh, hyperinsulinemia, insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome. So you want to be checking for your fasting blood glucose, your hemoglobin A1C, always uh, otherwise written as HbA1c, and that's your estimated average blood glucose levels over a longer time period, since again, your fasting glucose is only a snapshot in time. Also, very important to request and go out of your way to add to the blood tests the unusual and rarely ordered fasting insulin levels. Dr. Paul Saladino uh, exclaims that this is the single most important factor to track metabolic disease risk factors, but it's rarely ordered on standard tests. Um, the fasting insulin, you want to be desperately under 15 right away. Otherwise, you're uh, a big metabolic problem. Ideal would be under five and, you know, under uh, under five would be excellent or ideal. So um, get that fasting insulin number. And then uh, also, as recommended by many experts, including uh, my podcast guests like Dr. Ron Sinha, Dr. Kate Shanahan, and Dr. Saladino, uh, they contend that the most valuable heart disease uh, risk factor to track is triglycerides to HDL ratio. Triglycerides to HDL ratio. Ideally or urgently, you want to be under 3.5 to 1. Ideally, you want to be 1 to 1 or better. You also want to see your HDL at least over 40. And uh, Dr. Sinha uh, urges us to strive for triglyceride level under 100. Uh, mainstream medical practitioners will want to see you under 150 with your triglycerides. But remember, we're talking about norms and comparisons to the fattest, sickest population in the history of the human race. So we don't want to be anywhere uh, congratulating ourselves for being in the normal range. So if your triglycerides are 137 and your doctor comes back into the room and says, well, I got your blood results, everything's fine, everything's normal, we want to strive for um, very, very much beyond normal and into the superior category, especially for the hormone panels uh, like testosterone that I talk about so much. So with triglycerides, strive to get under 100 and strive to get that HDL up and well over 40. And then that one-to-one -one goal, so perhaps you can get your HDL up to 75 and get your triglycerides down to 75, that's looking really good. Um, there's a prominent inflammatory marker, a way to, to uh, look for systemic inflammation in the body, which is a sign of uh, chronic disease or dysfunction, and that's high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, also known as C-reactive protein, or written as HSCRP. And you want that C-reactive protein to be very low, uh, under one or under uh, under one or under two. And if it's uh, coming in at 
a six or a 16 or a 36 or something like that, that's when you got to go looking uh, further for what's going on in your body uh, to bake up a state of system-wide inflammation. Um, if you want to get thyroid panels, if you're complaining of fatigue or poor recovery or cold extremities, symptoms of thyroid dysfunction, um, you can get into those. But these numbers are very nuanced and often poorly interpreted by mainstream um, uh, physicians. So I direct you over to my interview with L. Russ and the content that she puts out on the L. Russ show and in her best-selling book, The Paleo Thyroid Solution, where she talks go about going deep into um, the many thyroid numbers that are on your uh, blood report and making sure that they are optimized rather than just normal. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, tracking your male hormone panels, which would be serum testosterone or total testosterone, free testosterone, and also sex hormone binding globulin. And again, we want to strive to be way high up above the normal range uh, for our age group. And the, uh, the general um, uh, range for uh, total testosterone for males is uh, 200 to 900, something like that. It used to be 300 to 1200. And they get this in 2017, they, the powers that be, uh, lowered the healthy normal range due to uh, widespread and uh, decades long steady decline in the average male testosterone level on the planet. And it's believed to uh, be strongly driven by the global obesity epidemic. So dudes that have bigger spare tires uh, in recent decades are going to uh, have that be directly compromising their testosterone levels. And uh, why is testosterone important? It's the essential male hormone. It's for motivation, uh, drive, social, um, social uh, status hormone, Ashley Merriman calls it, um, performance, recovery. Um, and it's also super important for females to have an optimal level of testosterone. Uh, it's just that their testosterone levels are about 20 to one lower than males. But if they are low in this essential uh, performance hormone, they are going to have uh, some concerns and problems too. And females can test for uh, their corresponding estrogen, estradiol would be the uh, the blood result and making sure that their female hormones are uh, optimal. Uh, but that's a quick look at some of the important blood panels. And once I see that my uh, overall uh, values are looking good, um, the thing that I focus on and test repeatedly over time are the male hormones, because those are very sensitive to um, your stress rest balance in life. It is known that cortisol, the preeminent stress hormone, directly antagonizes testosterone. So if you are under chronic stress, perhaps from uh, a little bit overdoing it in training, as I've been known to do, uh, maybe your um, uh, your sleep is not optimal or something's uh, missing from you know a complete report of health and vitality, it's going to be reflected in your serum testosterone level. Okay, James Hall, frequent commenter and uh, has put up some great stuff for Q&A shows. And he asks, um, what extent do you reckon that mindset and mentality is genetic versus what is learned and trainable? And he's definitely referring uh, to the application to the athletic realm. And it's a really interesting question. Uh, I'd like all of us to reflect on that a bit. What percent of your competitive mindset and your mentality is genetic and what's learned and trainable? Um, probably like many things, it's not uh, nature versus nurture, but it's the harmonious balance between the two and how your um, your your general uh, baseline disposition is brought into your environment. Um, so as I wrote on the lengthy um, biography that you can read on bradkearns.com, I called it my life story. And I talked about my uh, competitive background going back to when I was just a little kid and I decided to train for the Olympics at age seven. And I could tell I was, you know, extremely competitive and extremely serious about my athletic pursuits, more so than my academic ones, as it turned out. Um, and that, I believe, was strongly innate because I grew up in an athletic family and had uh, athletic peers. But this was a deep inner drive that I could clearly um, contend was a part of my uh, basic genetic nature. Now, 
being thrust into highly competitive athletic environments allowed me to express this competitive nature and build upon it and hone it and embrace it uh, to the extent that might not have happened if I had grown up out on a cattle ranch in rural Wyoming and my job at 5.30 a.m. was to milk 17 cows and then stack the hay bales uh, that might have dissipated or that competitive intensity might have been directed to uh, something entirely different than athletics. So certainly uh, when we uh, study the great performers, uh, the, the great athletic legends, um, they always have you know, a great uh, peer influence and mentors and guides and opportunities to compete that allowed them to uh, maximize the extent of their uh, genetic attributes. Okay, Alistair Peterson writes in and says, guess what, Brad? I read your book, Breakthrough Triathlon Training, way back in 2006. I re read it a few times in subsequent years. I've now finished 112 triathlons and probably fitter than ever in my life. I still go back to your concept of cultivating a pure motivation when I need a reset. And that book has been uh, comprehensively revised and updated and renamed and republished uh, on the title, How to Improve Your Triathlon Time. Get it? I have triathlon in parentheses on the cover. So it's how to improve your time, how to improve your triathlon time. And that means enjoy yourself more and also go faster. And you can find that book on Amazon. I think you'll really get a kick out of it, especially if you're a triathlete uh, or endurance athlete uh, of any kind. So uh, James also wanted to ask me if I saw the documentary about the secrets of the blue zones, live to 100. Uh, he says, nothing revolutionary, uh, but the activities of daily life uh, is pretty much a compilation of micro workouts where they're very busy throughout the day. Um, the Blue Zones themselves cultivated this list of the power nine, and that was nine of their most favorite common attributes among the various populations that I identify, that they identified. And number one on the list was move naturally. So um, there's a lot of critique and objections that I and others have with the Blue Zones data, but there's also a lot of super awesome stuff. And at the top of the list is that the long-living peoples around the world have a active, energetic lifestyle. So they're not desk workers, and they are uh, mainly, uh, mainly a lot of identified in uh, rural areas, living simple lives. And the activity, along with strong social connections, so they interact with one another. They have a true sense of community, and they're on the move, uh, tending to their animals or walking to the central square to go uh, have a cup of tea with their friends and then walk back home. And all that simplified stuff is really strongly predictive of longevity in contrast to our uh, strongly sedentary dominant modern lifestyles of the Western world and the processed foods and the uh, uh, lack of activity and the other uh, matters that uh, cause for an overly stressful and um, uh, accelerated aging process. Um, now, you might be uh, coming across Blue Zones quotes and interviews and see this uh, attention to what the uh, researchers call a plant-based diet. And I appreciate how this has been strongly and aggressively refuted by Dr. Paul Saladino, uh, he even went so far as to play a clip on one of his podcasts where he talked, uh, he, we listened to Blue Zones author Dan Butner essentially admit that he kind of cherry-picked the attribute of plant-based diet to focus on and promote um, to, um, to followers as a positive attribute. Um, so that's a really egregious uh, misappropriation of the actual data and the truth, as Dr. Saladino cites with plenty of reference and study, is that uh, well-sourced animal foods are a centerpiece of virtually all the uh, Blue Zones uh, communities. Um, and so it's not anything uh, that's been uh, spun into propaganda, as you've seen uh, with other uh, documentaries. With I'll put documentaries in quotes where um, they're brazenly breaking the rules of what a documentary is, which is to document 
um, the truth and the facts and putting their own spin on it. Um, Game Changers was also strongly uh, torn apart by uh, respected experts like Chris Kresser. You can watch him on Joe Rogan with his 78-page PowerPoint presentation, just torching just about everything that was spit out in that uh, unfortunately popular documentary. So we got to uh, zero in on the important takeaways from the Blue Zones and discard some of the quotes, like uh, one of them is... Um, uh, adding a cup or two of beans to your diet each day can add years to your life. And another quote that I'm um, especially um, annoyed by uh, is Dan Butner saying, uh, it's clear that the more meat you eat, the sooner you will die. Um, highly, highly irresponsible for a public figure with that level of following and popularity to uh, talk shit like that without um, substance or validation. So um, Blue Zone folks move around a lot all day and they have strong social connections and that's what helps you live a long time and long, healthy, happy life. Uh, here's a review from Free Speech Joe on YouTube. I follow lots of podcasts. Oh no, this is from uh, an actual uh, review published to Apple Podcasts. So Free Speech Joe, thank you so much. If you email us, we'll send you a free gift of the uh, 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 new Macadamia Magic product, uh, the new Nut Butter, uh, fabulous re-release of uh, one of the most healthy, nutritious, delicious snacks you'll ever find in your life. But we really, really appreciate people who take the time to actually leave a review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast player that you use like Spotify, um, or I use Overcast, and it helps the show so much uh, gain the attention of other listeners. So I know it's a hassle, but if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can hit a couple buttons now. It's easier than it used to be to write a review. Basically, you navigate to where you see the other reviews, and you can uh, punch the five stars up and then write a few comments and we'll be eternally grateful here. So Joe says, I follow a lot of podcasts. If I had to choose only one, it would be B Rad. He has a unique ability to gather information and summarize the key points with almost encyclopedic recall. <laughs> well, okay. I also have notes in front of me, but hey, man, I'll take the compliment. That's super awesome. Um, I love he's super honest. I, I will uh, attest to that and direct you to my show about the Liver King steroid scandal, where I did a, uh, a recap of the uh, 500 shows that I've published and uh, admit that I have not embellished or misled uh, the listening public in any way. Uh, and I think it's pretty ridiculous for anyone um, to say something that they don't actually do in real life. So I'm not sitting here saying that I'm perfect and that I do this every single day without fail. Uh, and I never eat a, a, a ice cream uh, or, or anything of the sort. So I'm trying to be as real and authentic as possible and also share with you um, my uh, you know, thought recalibrations, the mistakes that I've made. And uh, that includes uh, what I often mention, my uh, injuries uh, from, from training, because I do feel like um, it's an indication that there's a flaw with my approach and I need to go and dig deeper and restrain my competitive intensity further and get better and smarter about how I train my body, especially if I'm dispensing advice to other people about training. So um, it's do as I say and do mostly as I do, but not always because sometimes I make mistakes and I definitely reserve the right to change my mind. Um, so that's really nice, Free Speech Joe, to say that I'm super honest and also that I stay flexible in what I'm learning. Uh, finishing the review, for example, uh, Brad hasn't been afraid to share that he's uh, learning about learning that carb restriction, fasting, and so forth may not be as important as he once believed, and that openness and new viewpoint really helped me. He also brings on amazing guests like Jay Feldman and John Gray. Thanks for pointing out those two guys, two of my favorites of all time. Brad's podcasts have been very important in my physical and overall health. Oh, man, people. Uh, let's end on a high note from Free Speech Joe exercising his right to free speech. I encourage you to do the same. Uh, leaving a review would be such a big help. And also, if you want to connect with us, uh, send your questions, comments, feedback, uh, send me an email to podcast at bradventures.com. Thank you so much for listening and watching to another edition of the B-Rad Q&A show. 
I want to discuss the incredible benefits of red light therapy and how you can get started with Mito Red Light. Mito, like mitochondria, red light makes the premier light therapy devices in the world and at incredibly affordable prices. I stand in front of my Mito Pro 1500 unit every morning, carefully exposing my eyeballs, other important balls, and my entire body to special wavelengths of red and near for red light. When I tell people about my daily devotion to red light therapy, they typically ask, does this stuff really work? And the answer is yes. And there are thousands of studies supporting its effectiveness. Here's how. It's called photobiomodulation where specific wavelengths of red and near-infrared light, red's visible, near-infrared is not visible, that's why it looks like only half of your panel's working, these wavelengths help mitochondria in cells throughout your body produce more energy and clear waste products more efficiently. Red light exposure helps mobilize nitric oxide trapped in the mitochondria and allows oxygen to return to the cell and increase ATP production. The benefits are proven again and again for skin health, muscle recovery, joint pain, and numerous inflammatory conditions. Red light therapy is also beneficial for circadian rhythm alignment because we generally get far too little direct sunlight and too much indoor blue light from screens and light bulbs at the wrong times. You don't hear much about this benefit of red light therapy, but when I turn on those lights, first thing in the morning. As soon as I wake up, I walk across the hall, I stand in front of the panels, and I feel instantly awake and energized. And believe me, there's a lot of days where Mr. Health Guy here wakes up feeling a little groggy and a little whiny, like I don't want to right get up now and get into my morning exercise routine. But when I stand in front of the lights, in one minute, I swear I feel wide awake. I get all that grogginess out naturally. It's super powerful, super effective. Besides all the healing and the cellular benefits. I also love it for being a natural wake-up machine. You have to try red light therapy. I am certain that you will become a devoted user. And guess what? Mito Red Light offers a 60-day no-risk trial period and a special 5% discount for B-Rad podcast listeners. Just visit mitoredlight, M-I-T-O, redlight.com, and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. Thank you so much for listening to the B-Rad podcast. We appreciate all feedback and suggestions. Email podcast at bradventures.com and visit bradkearns.com to download five free ebooks and learn some great long cuts to a longer life, how to optimize testosterone naturally, become a dark chocolate connoisseur, and transition to a barefoot and minimalist shoe lifestyle.